Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Welcome, Extra Points listeners, and congratulations on making it through yet another week. Good news, the weekend awaits with its enchanting promises of endless sports and free time that ends up with you screaming silently at some jerk in the Costco parking lot instead. Or maybe I'm just projecting. Either way, we know how hard you work, and while we hope listening to all our shows makes that time go a little faster, we don't want that to feel like work in and of itself. So we've had our producers pick out their favorite bits and put them together in a half-hour supercut for you to sample. I know, I can't believe we have producers either. If you like something, check out the full episode the next week wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, thanks for supporting the network. And let me just say from the bottom of my heart as the co-founder that I sincerely hope your favorite team still loses to mine. Enjoy the shows. Starting off this best of on waiver wire with myself and Jen Piacente, we discussed Lamar Jackson now leading the NFL MVP race. But how can he win the NFL MVP if he's not the fantasy season MVP? I think every week we have to, like, we have, this is, like, obligatory to talk about the MVP. Like, right? Okay, so it was Dak. Now it's, then it was Brock. Now it's Lamar. It, is this is this just a recency bias award? It's 100% what it is. I mean, thank you for saying that. It, it, if the Ravens-Niners game was uh, a CBS 1 o'clock kickoff, not on the national game, the Monday Night Football game, where you have Buck and Aikman talking about it and c- telling you, telling the, the, the viewers and the listeners who should be the MVP, of course this is not a, it's a this, different discussion. I mean, this whole, this is Lamar's award to lose. Do you remember, like, midway through the season, where, like, can you even start Lamar? Because <laughs> only the, only the running backs are getting the touchdowns, and, you know, it's fine, but it's not great, and they were losing, and, like, but it's just, you know, and there were moments in there where it was Dak, then there was, and then everyone was sure it was Brock. I think we should just give it to Christian McCaffrey, because I don't know how that guy does it. Somehow, no matter what, and if you're facing him, it sucks. Mm-hmm. He finds a way to absolutely go off. It doesn't matter what the defenses do. There will be a way. Th- this kid is incredible. He should be the number one pick again next year. Oh, he should be 1.01 for sure. He is uh, uh, like he always finds a way in the end zone. He's just so involved in the passing game and the rushing game. Uh, a great Ravens defense and still was you know, early in that game, which is I felt like he was getting like six, seven yards of carry. And then obviously broke a couple of big ones. Um, I'm with you. It should be Christian McCaffrey. Um, I also think that if Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, two games left, I'm not sure if he's going to get 2000 yards. You'd have to have like. Uh, basically 150 yards per game, uh, which would be Come on, Tyree, really do tough. It this week. Uh, I would I love to you. see him do that. But I, I just think, <laughs> if, you know, to there, I think it was been eight different um, voting uh, betting favorites for MVP this year so far. If a quarterback does not have eye popping record breaking, oh, my God, stats, we have to stop giving it to the quarterback on the best team. I'm not trying to take away anything from uh, from Lamar Jackson. But when you're we're me and you are not going to or anyone, we're not going to look back at this. Oh, yeah. The 2023 season where Lamar Jackson had barely 20 touchdown passes. And like, you know, it's just not like uh, uh, five rushing touchdowns. Like we're going to get on that. That's that's the MVP. Like the guy's like 17th in passing touchdowns, 18th in passing yards. Like that's the MVP. Like I, I don't understand that. So if a quarterback is not having record breaking, eye popping stats, 
give it to the running back who's scoring touchdowns at will when the position's dying or give it to the receiver who may have 2000 receiving yards for the first time in NFL history. Like that to me is the no brainer there. Or I, I, I just don't understand why we're just, we have to give it to a quarterback. It does not yeah. make any, many, any sense to me yeah. whatsoever. I mean, I understand in general, it usually is the quarterback that, but, in, but this feels like an exception. There has been a lot of, you know, good quarterback play, but nothing truly exceptional. I mean, I think Dak's up there if you talk about it, as far as like where he was and where he Stat-wise, is now, sure. yeah. you see like his improvement. And so that's valuable to the team, but you know, like Lamar, yeah, he's good. I mean, now we're talking about Josh Allen again. What happened to Josh uh, Allen? You I know, know. I, Josh yeah. Allen's a liability with the turnovers. The bills yeah. are in the playoffs. All of a sudden now he's back I, in it. I, yeah. yeah. It's, if we're doing that, then it's just like the award clearly is broken and we have to start like the awards and the Heisen's the same kind of thing. In college football, like just stop giving these awards to quarterbacks. It's not a quarterback only award most valuable player could literally mean a safety could win it or an off- right. a left guard could win it, a kicker could win it. Like we have to just be more open-minded with that. And I think this year uh, more so than most, we have two legitimate candidates who are not a quarterback, especially mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey. So uh, for me, if I was a voter and we've had this discussion before, and I've mentioned both these guys before, I would give it to one of them for sure. Most um, I would write down Christian McCaffrey right now. And I, I don't need to They'd see anything CMC else for me. That, that's just it. There's nothing else I need to see. And it's just, it, it's just so uh, insane to me because a a guy beat another guy on Monday Night Football. He is now in the lead for this award. And By the way, like, the, the defense had five interceptions. Like, you don't think that changed the outcome yeah, of the game? Uh, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. And I think that this is a case where fantasy should be more like real football because who are your fantasy MVPs this season? Lamar's not. Tyree Kill and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it's not Lamar, for sure. Yeah. It's not Lamar. It's not, it's not even Dak. He's no. disappointed you too many times. Certainly not Patrick Mahomes. It could be Josh Allen. And that, and that way it could be Josh Allen. Cause at least he gave you a pretty solid floor. But, most of but, the time. Yeah. But that, that that's, and, but, I, I agree in that sense too. And that's like, I get brought back to the rushing stuff and it's just like, well, if you, if the rushing stuff matters for Lamar, then why not? Then Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts had a better year last year than win MVP. And he, right, has that's 15, right. he has 15 rushing touchdowns. Lamar has five. With two attack, Avaloa's Dolphins in the hunt for the top overall seed in the AFC and Baker Mayfield's Bucks now leading the NFC South, does that make Trevor Lawrence the third best quarterback in the state of Florida? Martin Weiss and Mark Gunnels discuss this on a brand new episode of Lemon Pepper Parlay. The Jacksonville Jaguars need to be discussed as well. And oh, yeah. I, knew you, I knew you were probably going to go with the Chiefs, so I want to be a little different, but they deserve this category as well. I, and, I, you know, I've been on them also. Four straight losses. and. I'm so fed up. And I told you last week, I don't see this team losing four in a row. I just don't. <laughs> I said it before last week, I don't see them losing three in a row. And they just keep losing. But the AFC South doesn't want to win the division. The Texans lost. The Colts lost. The Titans are in the race. But they lost too. The Jags are still in first place and control their own destiny. And guess what? They played the Panthers this week. So they'll probably win that game. Like, but regardless, it, I mean, after the game, Trevor Lawrence said, I'm, I'm going to give you the quote. It's an interesting quote. He said, it just looks like we don't even practice. We look lost. No sense of urgency. The list goes on and on. I feel like we have some good weeks of preparation, and I feel like we're prepared going into games. And then something happens on game day the last month where it just all falls apart. This is our season. We've worked hard to be in this position and we're close to pissing it away. So we got to figure it out. That's Trevor Lawrence. 
What are you, your thoughts? You can go ahead and add Doug Peterson in there. Like, I know guys aren't trying to turn the ball over, but sure enough, it happens. Eddie, plug your ears. But uh, some of Trevor Jones, uh, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence's fumble. Trevor Jones Daniel Jones-esque, right? You call him Trevor Jones-esque. Jones <laughs> like, I mean, Daniel Jones pre-day ball. I'm looking at some of these fumbles, and it's like, dude, maybe you cleared concussion protocol too soon. Does your head still hurt? Like, are you having trouble focusing on what's going on? Because you need to hold the ball. Like, it's inexplicable how poorly he has played. I understand that he hurt his ankle. I understand that he got the concussion. I understand he hurt his shoulder in this game. But since he has walked into the league, he has consistently missed guys high. He has consistently done that. And even, even on like that touchdown to Ridley, Ridley's ribs still hurt because he threw that ball almost to the first row. He went up and got it and took a shot. When if, he, if you put that on him, he just catches it, goes down, touchdown, and and go Jacksonville, go. But no, no, no. He consistently, and I'm oh, Christian Kirk is hurt, and they missed some linemen and all of that. But it, you could pinpoint it to right there. The number one overall pick is not playing like a top quarterback in this league. He's just not. And I was thinking, of, I did this on the radio show on Saturdays, Fox Sports Radio. When was that? Uh, 8 to 11 Eastern. Is he the best quarterback in Florida? Or I'm sorry, the third best quarterback in Florida. <laughs> this is nasty. Is, is he the third best quarterback in Florida? Um, it's a strong argument right now. I mean, if you're talking about play this year, then yeah. But I would still take Trevor Lawrence over Baker. I think Tua is a better argument. That, but I, I'll still take him over Baker Mayfield overall. But based on just strictly this season, yes, he is the third best quarterback in Florida. 100%. Let's take a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit 
www.gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Has the player empowerment movement ended in the NBA? Toby Mergler and Brett Cormanis discussed the top teams in the NBA and how they're all homegrown stars during a brand new trendy. Well, the Timberwolves are a great example of something that I've been thinking a lot about recently, Brett, especially preparing for today's show. Because usually when I'm preparing for the show, it's like I'm looking at NBA, I'm looking at the NFL, I'm looking at college, I'm looking at NHL. Like I don't get like deep down into one sport, but doing the format we're doing this week just made me really focus on NBA and really look through the stats and think about things. And uh, what I pulled out from that experiment, maybe this is talked about all the time. I apologize if this is like uh, something that talking heads are all over. But I think we're fully, fully now seeing the pendulum swing from the player empowerment era. And so we had all this. We had LeBron. We had Durant. We had all these people like that were leading the player empowerment era. It still gets a lot of press. It still gets a lot of pub. It still gets a lot of the airtime on this network and other networks. Like who's going to be the next guy to move? Who's unhappy? Who's going to force a trade? Because that's fun to talk about. Player movement is fun to talk about. Trades are fun to talk about. We talk about it all the time on Covered in Glory. It's probably why soccer is my favorite sport. It's because everybody can go anywhere at any time. It's kind of chaos, and, and I enjoy it. But right now, if you look at the standings, Timberwolves, Nuggets, Thunder. I mean, the Clippers are not an example. They have plenty of player power on there. But Mavericks, Kings in the on the Western Conference, Eastern Conference, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Magic. These are all guys whose core are homegrown. They're all homegrown cores. Like the Celtics drafted Tatum and um, and Brown. The Bucks obviously drafted Giannis. 76ers drafted Embiid. The Magic have drafted basically their whole roster, it feels like. And so same with the Thunders. Uh, besides Gobert, same with the Timberwolves. Nuggets, obviously, Jokic and Murray are homegrown. Last few MVPs are all dominated by guys who are drafted by their teams. Luka was drafted by his team, and he's entering the MVP conversation this year. 
And so are we just seeing a pendulum swing from that player empowerment era? These teams that could not sign big free agents, that weren't getting guys that were angry, that weren't getting people to move and therefore slipped down in the standings and then had good front offices that made all these smart uh, asset accumulations and made excellent draft picks. Now they're far up on the upswing right now. And so is that going to remain like, are the, or is the league going to see a bunch of non marquee cities run off MVPs and titles for a long time? Or is it actually a pendulum now that we've seen this starting to work throughout the league and that NBA and that, uh, the Lakers, I mean, the Lakers are still good this year, but after LeBron finally retires, like their future is uncertain. But teams like the Lakers or the Knicks or whatever, are they, are they, I mean, the Heat are another team that have uh, thrived doing this. Are they going to be able to go get superstars? Are we going to see consolidation from those teams into these marquee cities? And then suddenly it'll swing back the other way and we'll be right back to the time of player empowerment. So I don't know what the answer is, but looking through the standings, looking through the stats, looking through everything, it's so clear right now that the league is dominating dominated not by the player empowerment movement but by the teams that um that didn't benefit from that era and are now seeping the rewards from good work that was done during that time well i mean i think you kind of uh, forgot to even mention the the classic downfall scenario of the brooklyn nets right sean marks and kenny atkinson take over this team that's you know bottomed out completely uh, Atkinson, I think in two or three years has been a, a surprising playoff run and then they sell their souls to the stars, right? You know, then they, they, they try to bring in, they clear out cap space, you know, they're bringing in Katie and Kyrie and then obviously all the things that happened in Kyrie with, in Brooklyn. Um, you know, that is the classic case scenario of a franchise selling out. And, and that, that to me is a, a more interesting story. I don't, I think it's more about, because of what you have to do to placate some of these league stars, you are sort of like making a deal with the devil sometimes. I'm not saying all the stars are asking for big things or asking for their people to be involved in you know, front office roles or have access to certain things, but you definitely are giving up a lot to the big time players. And that def- has a trickle down effect in, in terms of the, how the entire organization then functions when you are basically kind of handing the keys to a single individual who holds your fate in their hands. Um, and I think part of the thing that maybe these teams are stumbling on is not so much that you you know can't, sh- can't and shouldn't try to sign as many star players as you can. You have to be very careful to get the right one. And when you hear uh, like reports about Jokic and when you hear reports about Steph Curry, like universally, everybody talks about what great teammates they are, what team first guys they are. Like those are the right type of superstars that you should be okay with tying your franchise fate to. There are other players like maybe an aforementioned Kyrie Irving type that you should probably not be just going to and trying to tie your franchise fate to just because they're talented and they can go get you points and they have significant upside. And I think that is where you have kind of seen the disconnect and the player empowerment thing is that some franchises I think are always still going to be like that, uh, that guy's talented. I have to sign him, you know, versus just being like, Hey, we got a good thing going here. We have a, a good collection of players. These guys aren't going to ask out. We can add to this. We're not going to have to sign other guys that they like. We're not going to have to completely cut our cap the room just to sign like a second superstar to run with this guy and then hope we can like land an undrafted free agent that can like make our starting five work. Um, I think there that's kind of where this is. Maybe I'm hopeful 
that this is pushing towards is it's like, don't empower people that you wouldn't trust to like run a 7-Eleven with the fate of your multi-million dollar or billion dollar franchise. What is the most attractive NFL head coaching vacancy? Myself, Dave Damashek, and Martin Weiss discussed this topic during a brand new Extra Points. The other conversation going right now, if it is not around who is the student athlete who plays quarterback that our bad team should get next spring, who should be the head coach of those student athletes, who um, who's going to fill those prime head coaching gigs around the NFL, which to you, Martin Weiss, if you had your pick of the litter, of the ones that would seem to be coming available if they aren't already, would you most want to take? All things considered, football, lifestyle, all the rest of it. Uh, I want to take Atlanta because I think Atlanta is a quarterback away. And I think the quarterback away probably is not going to be the quarterback in Chicago anymore. I think if you got a Justin Fields down there in that offense hmm. who – I think they would. Uh, you think they're going to do that? So you're. So you think the Bears are going to take another quarterback? Which I don't think is crazy because it does reset the clock for you to get a rookie QB in his first year, as opposed to Justin Fields, who'd be going into year four, and then you're on the cusp of another big contract or moving on. So yes, anyway, I do. Continue. I think I do think the Bears. I mean, they're in line to get a new coach and a new quarterback, even with their recent success that they've had in the last few weeks. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I would think that that scenario might blow up be just because of who's available at quarterback right if this was a year like where you didn't have got like there's a lot of good arms like if this was not last year there was a lot of good arms too in the draft but like if this was one a typical down year like the kenny pickett year for example where he was the first guy off the board at 22 then i think that chicago will probably be standing pat and be drafting like marvin harrison jr or something along those lines mm -hmm. re-upping with justin fields but when you have such touted prospects coming out right now, I could see Chicago, who is going to be in pole position in the draft, blowing it up. And I think the recipient of that should be Atlanta, who I don't know if they can live. Because as well as the entire league passed on Lamar Jackson, it seemed like Atlanta was the loudest to do so. And it felt like hmm. after they were all in on Deshaun, I don't know if they make that same mistake a third time. Right? And it don't get me wrong, Lamar Jackson is significantly better than Justin Fields is, but in that offense, if they could just not turn the ball over and have a running threat at quarterback, I think they will turn the NFC South on its head and just could because that's the job I would want. Because if you're if I'm looking at divisions, like people talk about the Chargers, I have no interest in coaching the Chargers right now. They're in salary cap hell. You got Sean Payton, who just made his power play. He's going to have a new quarterback next year. And good luck when Sean Payton finds his quarterback. He's going to keep him forever, and that team will compete, right? Kansas City and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, while I don't think they'll figure it out this year, I do think that it's a dumb bet to bet against them continuously year in, year out. And who knows what the Raiders will do with Antonio Pierce or whoever. So, but even this in that in that snapshot, you got two heavyweight coaches that I have to go toe to toe with just to get a ticket to the dance, right? Half the reason Bill Belichick and them had such a run is because the AFC East was so terrible that they always had a ticket to the dance. And Dave, if you don't have a ticket to the dance, you can't take the girl home afterwards. And that's what you need to do to win the Super Bowl. Hey, first of all, I have to interrupt 
everything you just said, which is uh, which is pretty accurate to say that this is this isn't some Pollyanna like you got to support your team if they're in playoff contention. These weirdos who root against as a, for instance, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, like they why you want them to go playoffs? They can go there and get embarrassed. Is that what you want better for them to lose out and then get a higher uh, draft pick and all that? It's like if they're close to the playoffs, I definitely want them. And it's not because like you owe it to root for your favorite guys. It is the whole point is right now. Now, this is the fun part. I am vexed about the Steelers and where they are. I thought they were going to be much further along um, in the process, if you will. I thought 23 was like, ooh, this is a real team. And 24, they make a Super Bowl run, a hardcore Super Bowl run. And so I'm underwhelmed by where they stand. Nevertheless, this is fun. The 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 fun stuff of like, if they win, but then we need that team to lose, and then the another team has to lose over that, like that, the doing that math and stuff around the holidays, that's good times. That's a good part about being a sports fan. So, of course, you root for all of that to come through. See, the, um, the issue is some of these people, like I was talking to Gunnels about this, and he was talking about how during the Alex Smith years, he was despondent as a Chiefs fan. And I said, you're spoiled. That's the most entitled thing I've ever heard. You mean you're despondent winning double-digit games because you feel like you have no shot at a Super Bowl? Well, guess what you really have no shot at a Super Bowl if if you don't make the playoffs, That's right? right? The, the Lions just the clinched mix. their division for you the first time in 30 years. The Lions clinched their division for the first time in 30 years. When I was growing up the Saints games, we went with bags over our heads because if the team won four games, it was considered a success in building stone for next year until we got Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And then after that happened, you know what? They're still trying to fight the vestiges of it, but soon they'll be right back at 3-14, and 5-12. and 12. That's where they've been. That's where the Lions have been for my entire adult life. And those are the two places I lived before I moved to California. And I, so, like, no, that's what this – that's desperation. That's what of that's course what, this is hell. true. But yeah, the spoiled thing and all that. I mean, practically, teams, if you're in the mix in 2023, would it be crazy if Matthew Stafford and the Rams beat the Niners? Of course no. it wouldn't be. That's a that is a plausible result in the in the first round of the playoffs. So um, and you know, I refer you back to the Jaguars. That's recent memory that Blake Bortles almost went to the Super Bowl. Get in is the is the trick here. That's uh, that's the main thing. I think the thing with the Chargers is with that available coaching um, spot. I wouldn't want to go to Vegas. I wouldn't want Mark Davis as my owner. People always talk about how the two L.A. teams don't have a home field advantage. What about the Raiders? That's always tourist central and visiting crowds and all of that. That's half the AFC West, by the way, is these uh, sort of tourist destination ball games that you're watching 50 50 splits in terms of who uh who the fans are rooting for i i mean you know i obviously live in la so i like it here um i i think people are sleeping on justin herbert i mean the the idea that this guy is some sort of borderline fraud at this point he's been in a bad situation give him the right coach that's a good spot i wouldn't want to live in new england i wouldn't want to succeed bill belichick so forget that gig i wouldn't want that one the one is for them that's not going to be available is for the Saints to move on from Dennis Allen. That's where I want to be. Be in that well, garbage what, division, what, live in New Orleans. What I don't understand uh, all of that is, is, is why it's, it's just the entire world is just fine with Dennis Allen being like the worst coach in NFL history by win-loss record and just plugging along. 
Nobody like just plugging along. Like I feel like I'm I feel like I'm talking to the wall when I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's the same have- as Todd Bowles. It's like, does does anybody care? Is anybody observing what's happening in Tampa this year? I mean, they're good. They Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles are gonna win the division. It's I mean, and nobody they neither one of them is getting any buzz at this point about their deeds. It's it's impressive stuff. And I do hope they lose in the wild card round because I don't want them mucking up the the Niners v Cowboys or Eagles or Lions, but still, I mean, they deserve their flowers too. And no one's talking about them, but that, but yes, um, Atlanta's interesting. If you are assuming Arthur Smith goes and if they don't win the division, I do think he will go. Eberflus in Chicago is interesting, but only because I'm guessing, I don't know, is Harbaugh, is the Chargers interest in Harbaugh enough to sway him or is Harbaugh going to land in Chicago? Are the Chargers Boy, I, I could, be able I could to talk for an hour enough. about the Justin Fields thing right. too, like what they should do in this, what they should do. Are you really going to let that cat get out of the building? But then also, are you going to get a first round pick for him? Because then moving on from him doesn't become worth it. You should keep him at least for 24 if you ain't getting a first for him. And if you are, I get the the idea of, of, you know, resetting the clock with the quarterback and all that rookie deal for the next four or five years. But that's, that's a, a fascinating one and obviously impacts whether or not you'd want that gig. But then again, if you have Caleb Williams or Drake May, it probably is an appealing gig in football crazy Chicago. And that guy on the day he gets drafted might be the best quarterback in Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl era. Like if they get Caleb Williams, he might be the best quarterback the Bears have had, period. I mean, but it's not a long list. Winter is warmer in Alaska than Antarctica, but you're still going to want to wear a coat. It's not a long list at all for uh, for the Chicago Bears quarterbacks and their successes. And let's stop down for a quick break here. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. In this trendy slash covered in glory crossover, Toby Mergler and Brett Cormier discuss some soccer betting tips they really enjoy. One of my personal favorite Bretts is uh, one shot on target. So as long as you hit the goalie or hit the frame, you're fine, whether it goes in or not. 
And I particularly like to bet this for midfielders. So as you uh, can possibly imagine, like if you're betting for a forward or a striker just to get one shot on goal, you're not going to get great odds. It's going to be like minus 300, minus 400, depending on who the striker is. But for midfielders who often don't get as many chances in front of the net, uh, you usually can get pretty close to even money, like uh, plus 120, minus 120, somewhere in that range. Maybe for particularly prolific midfielders, it'll like creep into minus 130 or minus 140, but it doesn't usually go higher than that. And the great thing about this is, one, it can happen at any moment in the game. And two, because the guy doesn't have to score, uh, and there's a lot of long-range shots in soccer just to kind of test the defense and test the goalie. And he can catch it, but it still cashes. So midfielders particularly do well in that type of bet because they're the ones more likely to take, you know, a 20-yard strike that uh, ends up in the goalie's hands. But either way, you get to cash your ticket. And it's kind of like um, a longest reception bet or things like that in the NFL and that every single moment it can happen at any time. Yeah. Well, uh, and your favorite one is with a certain Norwegian that plays for Arsenal. Um, if anybody sure. who's listening to Covered in Glory knows that Martin Odegaard is – Basically, like a third member. He's like a silent member of our podcast, considering how much time I thought you were going to say my family because I uh, consider I consider him kin at this point as much money as he's made me. I didn't want to go that far. I don't know how he, how you want to do that personal dynamics there. If you want to welcome him into your family, by all means. I mean, we need more love in this world, so that's a good thing. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, and and there, the fun part about about soccer too that I think when you look at the betting stuff is like it, in most sports you're going to have pretty similar possession um, distribution, you know, like maybe football teams will run off more plays if they have a better offense and a higher success rate and things like that. Um, But in soccer, like there isn't a tit for tat, like, you know, one team doesn't get the ball and then the other one does after they score, like in basketball or football or hockey or whatever in this sport, you, one team can have the ball like 80% of a match sometimes. And so if you can kind of get your head around some of that, like who's going to control the ball and in what area of the field that they typically getting it into. And there's stats that'll tell you they're called final third touches. Um, and you can look at touches in the penalty box and time of possession and things like that. Um, those stats can kind of give you a, a good idea into the way that a game will kind of develop. And then from there, you can work backwards and say, okay, well, if the ball is going to be in this area of the field, these things might happen more often. It's a, it's a totally unique thing to soccer. You just don't see this in other sports. And to round out this best of on minus three, Dave Damashek and Kevin Hench get into the Steelers quarterback issues. And if Mike Tom will be the head coach next year to fix it all. Another game that's important not as important as that one, is the one in Seattle. <clears throat> and it brings me to the game last Saturday in Pittsburgh. So much noise about how George Pickens needs to get traded away and he's a cancer and that's never going to get right. And I get it if you're in Pittsburgh, having watched Antonio Brown and how that all ended. But in the moment, I just have to say for the record, I was never for moving on from George Pickens. I don't want to trade George Pickens. I like to joke around about trading George Pickens with Sarah Tiana because she's a Georgia Bulldog uh, backer. But I am not somebody who believes that you trade high pedigree talent on a rookie deal. And in fact, just two years into his rookie deal. So I'm glad that worked out. I'm even gladder for Mason Rudolph, though. I do think, though. Correct me if I'm wrong, Hench. Your read objectively from a distance here is this is kind of a bad look for Mike Tomlin that Mason Rudolph, who schnook Dave Damashek among a handful of others, was saying he's the best option now, especially with Kenny Pickett down. You should go with Mason Rudolph. Then you see Mitchell Trubisky play against the Cardinals and stink it up. Okay. At that point, you say, 
it's time for Mason Rudolph. Nope, says Tomlin. Can't go with him. It's Trubisky again against the Patriots. Trubisky stinks it up again. What does he do? Mason Rudolph there? Nope, not going with number two yet. Going back to Mitchell Trubisky at the Colts. They get destroyed there in large part because Mitch Trubisky stinks once again. Finally, it is Mason Rudolph, and he immediately lights it up, destroys the Bungles. Fun in the short term, and if they win their next two and somehow sneak into the playoffs, more fun, except there is an unavoidable stink on Mike Tomlin for not knowing the personnel, right? Well, it, it's wild. You know, Malcolm Gladwell, maybe 10, 15 years ago, wrote a piece in The New Yorker about evaluating quarterback talent and basically concluding nobody can do it. Like, right. the guy, the, you know, the the bet, the the most experienced GMs whiff on this all the time. Um, and and I always think when people are doing the Brady versus Belichick, like who who was it? Well, you can't uncouple those two guys because one of them said, I don't care that Drew Bledsoe is healthy. The 199th overall pick is when I watch practice, he's better. He gives us a better chance to win than the number one overall pick. And so what you're saying is Mike Tomlin's not only got all this game film on Trubisky, he's presumably giving Rudolph some reps. No, and- that that's part of it. It was that Mason Rudolph, we don't have time for, for first string reps for all these cats. And so we just got to focus on getting Trubisky ready. And it felt like, um, you know, it, 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 uh, self-fulfilling prophecy, like, well, Mason Rudolph can't play well because we haven't given him enough reps to throw him into the game, but then they give him a week of practice. And I mean, it's, it's like watching a completely different football team play in the same uniforms. Yeah. It's weird. Well, that, that, you know, that is an indictment, but I mean, look, look across the league, like how many different examples there are of the third stringer being better than the second stringer and Flacco being better than Deshaun Watson. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, the Cleveland thing is really nuts. (laughs) 